Welcome back. Yes, the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlanc, and I'm your host. And look, we're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me introduce to you Corporal David D. Gresta. He's the uh, yes, one of the few people that actually retired from both a police department and a sheriff's office. He's in Florida, so thanks, David, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Also, a shout out to Motion DSP Gunlearn.com, my Medicare.live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. As a matter of fact, since you guys are asking, yes, it is the star blast for me today. So thanks, Bang, for the fuel. Appreciate it. I know David thought I was going to bring out that that uh, rainbow unicorn again, and yeah, he he likes to star blast <laughs> over, over the rainbow unicorn. Yes. So uh, so thanks. Uh, Thanks, Frank. Also, a shout out to the uh, Free Press with Brian Burns. Thanks for carrying our content. And huge shout out, Ray Dietrich with Red Voice Media. You know, we're streaming the eight locations right now. And no, YouTube is not one of them. But three of those locations, are they belong to Red Voice Media. Their three Facebook pages have about a million followers just on the three Facebook pages. So thanks, Ray Dietrich with Red Voice Media at redvoicemedia.com uh, for letting us borrow that, uh, the, that listening experience. Guys, uh, another a great lineup. Uh, David and I have talked uh, just briefly about some of the things that are coming up. You know, our main stories, which we're going to start off with, uh, they have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. So at lawofficer.com, we we hinted about it last week, but a famous rapper's lawyer slams the DOJ, Department of Justice, for Hunter Biden's past. Now, what does that mean? So it's in the Daily Caller News Foundation. So the attorney for rapper Kodak Black he blasted the Justice Department. Yeah, you got to love that name, David. Uh, he blasted the, the DOJ on Tuesday over the plea deal that they reached with Hunter Biden, questioning whether there are two tiers of justice in America's legal system. Now, Black, our rapper, was sentenced to serve over three years in prison for illegal possession of a firearm, and that happened back in 2019. Now, that is the exact same charge that the younger Biden reached a plea agreement on Tuesday uh, for, and that was on Fox News. Now, Biden will be put into a pretrial diversion program on the gun charges, and that was what the DOJ announced. Now, although uh, U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who uh, was appointed by then-President Donald Trump back in 2017, he said the investigation is actually still going. So we're getting some conflicting information on, hey, it's, it's over or it's still ongoing. Uh, but according to Attorney uh, Bradford Cohen, uh, which is the attorney for a rapper, he said there's no such thing as not getting jail time on a gun charge on any kind of gun charge. And he said this in an interview with Fox News. Former President Donald Trump pardoned Black as he was leaving office back in January 2021. Congressional Republicans, candidates for the Republican nomination for president in 2024, and legal experts, they all have criticized the plea agreement. And again, I, I, I think David can verify for a gun charge, it's very rare that it be allowed not to do jail time and to plea the two misdemeanors. Wow. Yeah, how, how fun. Um, now, to be clear, there are so many there are so many um, charges or investigations, uh, potential criminal acts done by our, our guy, Hunter Biden. Um, the gun charge is probably one of the minor ones when it comes right down to it. So, you know, you you don't know. I mean, you hope that the, the DOJ has a plan in, in mind. Um, I know in the past, for, for instance, uh, when a you know particular defendants are have multiple charges, quite often we will get them to plead to some of the smaller or lesser charges, or what we think are lesser charges, um, so that when the bigger charges come along, they're no longer eligible for a plea deal. It, it, the, the way that the legal system is set up, 
on the state system anyways, once they once they plead no contest, we'll say to a to a to a misdemeanor charge, the next charge that, that comes along, they're ineligible to, to plead no contest to. So they have to go to court. They have to go to trial. They have to then get a, a, a regular sentence. So, uh, I, you know, we'll see how this plays out. But so far, if Kodak Black is criticizing the Justice Department for somebody who has gun charges about the deal that they're getting, brother, there's problems. There's real problems. So we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, it, it, it's it's yeah, it's kind of stinky it, from the beginning. It's stinky. Well, I, I'd be, I have to admit, I'd be upset too if I was Kodak Black and I just, you know, I got sense of three years and, uh, Bro, and with, the, yeah. with the whole, with the whole country or not the whole country, I should say a, 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 a liberal percentage of the country is, is so up in arms about guns. And oh my God, they're the worst thing in the world. And ah, see, it's the end of all civilization with, with gun stuff. And now to go, ah, what's the big deal? Ah, let him go. Who cares? In diversion is that in and of itself is, is the height of, of, of hypocrisy. So. But, but Hunter was on drugs at the time, so that could have played a role yeah. in why he lied right. or or mis mis put misinformation on the form to get the gun in the first place. Yeah, you know that's that, that's what yeah, they're saying. Sure, whatever. I, again, <laughs> that that that's the same thing as as you you arrest a, a guy that's in possession of drugs and he says that the pants he were he was wearing belonged to his cousin. Those aren't mine. I borrowed these pants. I didn't know the drugs were in the pocket. I I, I borrowed these pants. So no. Are you just giving ideas to uh, to uh, half the drug? Drug yeah, if they try to use that excuse, it's you're dumber than you look. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Uh, good commentary. We've got uh, a lot of good comments uh, from our, our streamers, uh, too. So, guys, look, for people that want to know how this works, look, we're live on the Boss Hog Radio Network. They have seven stations in Florida, so the Boss Hog Radio Network. And we're also streaming to eight locations uh, while we're doing the live radio show to those seven radio stations so those are terrestrial radio stations over the airwaves so uh we had a bout with youtube where they were canceling us so we went in ahead and we uh we uh, pulled the plug on youtube we still have a presence we still have our our 10 000 plus uh followers on youtube and we're going to use youtube as a platform to push to other uh, platforms like uh rumble.com which is really a, a better youtube replacement and guess what they don't cancel you it's free speech and they really know what free speech means uh so these shows that are they're live at 12 o'clock. So it's a one-hour show, 12 to 1 o'clock Eastern time during lunch hour. And these shows will be repeated on stations around the country. We're nationally syndicated on 36 radio stations right now. So if they're not carrying us live, they'll be throughout the country. Now, tomorrow at 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, we will have this show produced with embedded video and pictures of the good guys and bad guys. And it'll be at Rumble and some other locations on our social media outlets. So within 24 hours, we reproduce the show with embedded video because we really don't have the capability to do that during a live show. Too many things can go wrong with that. Um, so that's how best to watch our show. Simply go to leoroundtable.com, go to the syndication tab at the top, and that'll tell you how best to watch the show. So uh, uh, it's not on the schedule, uh, David, but Saturday I went to producer Will's wedding. He got married Saturday. Yeah, it was at a brewery. So yeah, I can't I can't hear you, but uh, but that was uh, but that was uh, that was good. So you're muted right now, David, but. Sorry, Will. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Will, Will, so Will is is uh, out of touch with with uh, with civilization for about a week, I think. So, hopefully, he'll survive this encounter. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you experienced touch for. I think he's he's going to be out of touch for more than a week, but that's just me. Well, we were worried about the experience level we'll have before he got into this whole marriage thing, you know. So we'll know. I mean, he he may. I'm thinking, they, next time we see Will, he may be walking bow legged for the rest of his life. I mean, who knows what what's going to happen? No, you're not going to go there. Nope. No. All right. I, I out of respect, <laughs> producer Jimmy did. <laughs> All right. So look, actually, we have a, we have an intern, Rachel from USF, that's taking care of everything for Will while we're gone. So Rachel, huge shout out to you! Thank you so much for taking good care of us. Uh, you know, while while Will's gone, so she'll be producing the show. So yeah, Rachel, up and coming. So, well, guys, moving along. Let's see what we have next uh, coming up in the pike here. So we've got an update article. It's at Rumble.com. It's our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter. So we have three. SAPD officers, so that is San Antonio police officers, they are charged with murder after gunning down a woman in an apartment. Listen how this goes down. And look, uh, I, I'm including this. I'm, there's a video component of this. And look, for radio and podcast listeners, we're describing great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. It's hard to cover a good news story today without there being a video component. So we've got the three San Antonio police officers being charged with murder. They're, uh, they gunned down a woman inside of her apartment early on Friday, according to the Chief William McManus. So these three officers identified as Sergeant Alfred Flores. He's got 14 years of service. Uh, Officer Elazar Alejandro, five years. And Officer Nathaniel the Labellus, and he's only got two years of service. So that's the uh, spectrum of the officers involved. So all the officers were taken in the custody, though. The department said the officers, well, uh, yeah, they said their deployment, their, I guess, employment was terminated, uh, but somewhere else they said that they were suspended without pay. So they're trying, KSAT is trying to find out clarification on that. But the shooting happened Friday morning. Officers are called just after midnight for a disturbance of a woman who's destroying property. So Chief McManus said that she's um, cutting wires through a fire alarm system that goes to the complex that she's living in. So that could be an issue. And it was, he said it was a felony criminal mischief. All right. So we're dealing with a felony. So the woman identified as 46 year old Melissa Perez. She's um, speaking with the San Antonio fire department in the parking lot. When the police end up contacting her, she provides them with her name, date of birth and the apartment number. So Chief McManus said that Perez was having mental health issues. Yeah, don't say, and that officers tried to get her to go toward the patrol car. So she runs back into the apartment, though, and she locks the door. So police then tried to speak uh, with her through an open window. One of the officers removes the screen door from the open window on the porch. 
and Perez reportedly reaches for a glass candle and she throws it at the officer. Police back away, wait for more officers to get there, and a supervisor to arrive at the scene. This is where it starts getting interesting. One group of officers was at the front of the apartment. Three officers were stationed at the back patio of the apartment where the action ends up going down. And it's Flores, Alejandro, and Valabalas. So the three officers, they try to coax her out of the apartment. She refuses. So soon afterwards, two of those officers, they jump their railing and they get onto the back patio. So one of them said that Perez uh, picked up a hammer and she's approaching them from inside. So Chief McManus said that Perez swung the hammer from inside the apartment toward the officers. She hits the window and breaks it. So one of the officers fires his weapon at her, Perez, and it did not appear that she was struck. So then Perez ends up going back toward the window again. She still has the hammer in her hand. All three officers open fire, and she's hit by the gunfire at least two times. So she dies at the scene, and uh, it goes on to say that, um, well, we got 20 seconds here. I'll tell you what, I'll wrap this up right after our first commercial break. Then David's going to tear this thing apart for us. So look, we'll be right back. All right, Motion DSP. They've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters, achieving results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. The Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It works with video from any camera source. And using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information that saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software, that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using Pathet's super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence for low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by simply going to motiondsp.com. You'll be glad that you did. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we left off talking about um, some cops got jammed up in a shooting. We got three San Antonio cops that were charged with murder after gunning down a woman that was in her apartment. And we just kind of went through that story. Just lastly, the McManus, the chief, said that the incident was reviewed by the Department of the Bexar County District Attorney Civil Rights Division, and warrants were issued for the three officers' arrest. They were all charged with murder, were taken into custody late on Friday. Now, here's a quote saying that the shooting officers' actions were not consistent with SAPD's policy and training. They placed themselves in a situation where they used deadly force, which was not reasonable given all circumstances as we now understand them. It almost sounds to me like yeah, a 2020 little. hindsight, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of hindsight there. The chief should learn to keep his mouth shut while an investigation goes on. How about that for a clue, you dunce? Ding, ding, ding. Um, you know when you and, and my first, my first question that on that quote would be, what is the policy and training? Did they have any? Because it sure doesn't seem so. Not in this, not in this instance. And um, you know, then he's he's going down the road of you know officer created jeopardy with the they placed themselves in a situation. And then as we now understand them is certainly a, a hindsight statement. Dunce. Uh, let's start there with the chief. Dunce. Um, you know, the, 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 the real unfortunate part, and, and just to wrap up some of the technical crap too, they say it was, they were arrested for murder. There's no definition as to what the murder charge was. Was it manslaughter? Was it first degree, second degree? What, how the, that, actual charge is applied in Texas. We don't know what those charges truly were yet. But as it also says, the investigation continues. 
So we'll see how that goes. Um, but on the other side of that coin that, you know, God, I, we, we see it too often. Cops are their own worst enemies. You, you're responding to a call where the fire department is already there. They've contacted this woman. They've determined that she has cut cables that have to do with a fire alarm system for the apartment complex where she lives. She's a nut. Okay, whatever. Fire department gets her and says, hey, uh, yeah, we got this nut here. And she cut our the fire alarm cables. That's a felony, right? Come get her. Cops show up and let the 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 dancing begin how about take her into custody how about first and foremost take her into custody but they don't and she says nope and she starts taking off to her apartment do they chase her down and tackle her and take her into custody no they let her get back into her apartment now in florida if you're pursuing if you're in hot pursuit of someone who has committed a felony and they run back to their domicile their apartment their house or whatever you can chase them right into the house doesn't matter you don't need a warrant. You don't need anything. Just hot pursuit in you go. Go get them. Now, that she had already told them her name or date of birth, where she lived. So they knew who she was. They knew that she lived there. So why aren't we going to get her? They let her get back in. They hesitate. They give her an opportunity to barricade herself inside the apartment. And then they start jumping over the railing to this back patio to try to gain entrance. But instead of gaining entrance, again, they play patty cake and and she's yelling and screaming, and they're not sure what to do, and on it goes. Then she, then again, because they have taken too much time, she arms herself with a hammer inside an apartment where she's alone, where, the, where between her and the officers on the patio are, is a window and a door with, a, with glass in it, from what it looked like. So they are now in this, and she comes forward, and she's swinging the hammer, she, you know, breaking windows and stuff like that, and, and the gunshots, the gunshots, start going off and they continue until she goes down. I mean, it, they, there's some shots and then they stop and then people are going, moving here and there and then they shoot again and so on and so forth. And I think some, one of the officers that was shooting was actually on the other side of the railing, wasn't even on the patio. So I, again, I'm asking myself, who trained these officers? What training did they have? You know, it, it was just a, a horrific example of why, 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 why is, is, is the huge question here. If, if the officer had pursued her, went through the window, blew the screen out of the window, went through the window and went after, well, you're under arrest. I'm, I'm going to arrest you. You've committed a felony and I'm going to arrest you. And he goes through the window after another officer behind him and they go into this apartment. They go after her, as they should have. And she is running and she grabs a hammer on the a knife, a hammer, whatever, not a gun, but a knife or a hammer, a deadly, potentially deadly weapon. And she turns and she's got it up like this. Hey, all bets are off. Now we're good. Uh, I'm telling you, you're under arrest. I, I have the right to pursue you into this apartment and I am going to arrest you for this felony, putting all these people in jeopardy by cutting these this fire alarm system. And you arm yourself and you threaten me. You're done. But they didn't. And so, in essence, they did kind of create this situation. Um, but we'll see how the investigation plays out once all the once all the final details are in there. But it, it certainly doesn't look good uh, for these officers. It's uh, their positions when they open fire on a woman armed with a hammer. 
you're going to have a hard time justifying imminent threat. Yep. Well, you know, I know that there obviously there's not great video for this, so we can't really we don't have great video to make judgments on. But you're but a hammer as opposed to being a firearm makes a huge difference in selling the story absent yeah. the video. And there are there are situations that exist where even the cop on the other side of the railing would be justified in using yes. deadly force to save a partner or whatever. But it from what the information that's, that's coming out, which shouldn't be coming out from the chief, as, you're, as you've already said, David, he should have kept his mouth shut because now he's implying officer created jeopardy and he's doing, you know, 2020 hindsight ruling, which has been yeah. my point out the Supreme Court, you know, they have. They have ruled out. You can't even use 2020 hindsight when you're trying to to justify or not justify a shooting in this situation. Uh, you can only base it on the criteria that was available to the, the the information was available to the officer at the time and whatever a reasonable officer would have done in that same exact scenario. You don't have right. to be in fear of death. It, it can they can be serious bodily injury too. So, and, and and again, you know, the chief might just be running off at the mouth when he shouldn't be. And if the investigators of the state attorney's office or the, the prosecuting attorneys did not use that that uh, that standard, they went on what they knew at the time, then it, the, the charges will could stand. Uh, but we'll see how it turns out. Well, look, thanks, Dave. Time for a commercial break. We'll be right back. It's time to talk about Galls at Galls.com slash Leo. Hopefully, Corporal David can help me out with this one. Now, look, certainly by now, you guys know who Galls is, right? The country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And look, they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, you know, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So, uh, David, do you know what's going on at Galls this week? Another 20% off site-wide. 20% off uh, Reebok boots, Oakley eyewear, um, wow. another boot company, uh, Wiley X eyewear. I mean, they, they've got, they've always got a, a, a plethora of sales on, on various items throughout the uh, website. Go check it out. Yeah. Golfs.com slash Leo. Don't forget the slash Leo guys. Let them know where you're coming from. And Hey, if you've got a, a, a an agency and you need a, a good uniform program, golfs.com slash Leo, check them out. You'll be happy. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We are still live, Boss Hog Radio Network Studios in Plant City, Florida. So, David, have we exhausted the uh, the last uh, topic? You think, or yeah, like, like I said, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yep, I'm sure there'll be more news. So, look, let's stay on Rumble, Rumble.com, uh, and look the best law enforcement video channel out there. This is Butter. So, DPS they released body cam video showing a moment a trooper was shot during a traffic stop that happened in Phoenix. Avenue. So, wow. So the, uh, we'll listen to how this thing goes down shortly after 1130 o'clock, uh, 1130 in the morning. So 1130 AM. So almost at 12 noon, June the 19th, the Arizona state police trooper, Sean Harkins stops a driver of a Kia sedan. And you know, every time I see Kias now, I'm always thinking there's a decent chance they're stolen, David, right? All these Kias out there. So as trooper Harkins exits his car, the video shows a suspect who's only 29 years old. His name is uh, Louis Mateo Jacobo uh, Borgia. 
he open fires and he strikes the trooper and he hits him in the leg. Now it goes goes down. It's fast. Now the body cam video shows Harkins. He's getting back and his patrol car gets on the radio calling for help. Phoenix cops they respond, assist him, and uh, they locate our bad guy's vehicle and it's pulling into a into a house. But then he leaves the house and he's while well, he's in the vehicle and he drives to an intersection. So our officer, uh, well I'm sorry, our bad guy fired shots at the officer and the officer returned fire. Uh, with their with their duty rifle, so he engaged with cops again. They had a rifle out, so our bad guy's vehicle continues to drive away. Fires at another officer, so the officer's police Tahoe was hit by the gunfire. The officer was injured by shrapnel. Officers hospitalized, expected to be okay, but then police find our bad guy's vehicle. It continues to drive away, but it crashes into a wall, and they find him deceased in the vehicle, and due to a gunshot wound that he received from one of the cops he got the shootout with him. You know, suspect probably the guy, the uh, cop with the rifle, David. Yeah, wow. Um, just a real unfortunate, quick example of how quickly, how fast things go to absolute crap on a uh, on a traffic stop or on any given call. To be quite honest, um, you know, you this this trooper will undoubtedly go. To, uh, he will undoubtedly perform traffic stops on a completely different level for the rest of his career. Um, this is one of those situations where, you know, you li- he lived through the test, got the lesson, and he will apply it uh, judiciously for the rest of his career, guaranteed. Um, not that he, not when you look at the video, not that he did anything, you know, horribly wrong in a traffic stop, but it was just a regular traffic stop. What, just pulling a car over, gonna, and all of a sudden the guy's hanging out the window shooting at you. He did very well, though. I mean, he, he took one in the leg, went down, rolled out of the way. Uh, got back to his car. The vehicle took off. Uh, he was able to call out, you know, the guy's description, which way he was going. Um, I, uh, he was trying to get his own a tourniquet on his own leg. So he stayed in it enough to let everybody know what had happened and who the suspect was, where they were going and, and all of that as best as he could. So kudos to him for that, you know, staying in it, staying in it for what he could. Um, I think there was another officer got to him on the scene and was and helped him put his tourniquet on and, and stuff like that. So uh, in the end, it came out okay in the end. And this and this bad guy, a, tr- a true a true true piece of crap, then continued on to engage other officers with gunfire, shooting at, at other cops. Um, you know, I'm sure there were civilians out during the day that gun, bullets were flying by, um, but in the end, he ended up where he needed to. So uh, in that case, they did good. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, good, good breakdown. Hate to cover videos like this, but the cop survived. Bad guy died. I'm okay. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that any day. So, so thanks. Moving along. I know we've got another one that's got a video component, I believe. So, yeah, so we're on policetribune.com, though. And so we've got a video attached to this. And, again, we'll go in great detail in case you're just listening to the audio portion of the show. Deputy shoots a driver who repeatedly rammed his patrol car. Thank you. 
So we're in Bell Gardens, California, and it's a cell phone uh, footage from this thing. So it's from a you know bystander that's watching this go down. So the cell phone footage, the article says, captures the terrifying moment when a suspect intentionally rams a Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department wow. deputy's patrol vehicle, and it happened multiple times. It happened early on Thursday morning, leading to an officer-involved shooting. So the incident, 4.30 in the morning, June 22nd, according to CBS News, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department said the deputy was traveling down Florence Avenue. He spots a white SUV. It's speeding around the area and is doing donuts in the intersection, according to KABC. So when the deputy attempts to get behind or get the driver to pull over, the suspect suddenly rams the rear driver's side of the patrol car. And this is all seen in the cell phone footage. So it's just kind of bizarre, right? So the suspect proceeded to throw the vehicle in the reverse, turns towards the driver's door and rams the car, the patrol car again. It wasn't until the third time that he does this, the suspect crashes into the patrol vehicle that the deputy fires into the windshield of the white SUV. But the suspect is not done yet. He again reverses his car, quickly accelerates, screeches his tires in the process, slams into the patrol car, and he hits it hard enough to shove it up onto a sidewalk and into a traffic pole. The deputy fires approximately 14 rounds at the suspect at that point, and the suspect ultimately reverses, and this time travels backwards slowly in a large circle until the white SUV comes to the rest near the patrol car. Deputy fires off seven more rounds, and uh, before... The, the clip, the video ends. Now, the unidentified suspect, he suffers multiple gunshot wounds, is taken um, to into custody at the scene, according to the KABC, and then he's transported to a hospital where he's listed in stable condition. The deputy was also transported to the hospital, hopefully a different one, and uh, and is uh, they said it was unspecified injuries, according to the same news organization. Uh, he's been listed in stable condition. The motive for the attack is unknown. So that's what we have. Uh, well, yeah. David. It's no same hospital, you know, so we can visit, you know, why not, you know, oh. I mean, why, you know, Hey, have um, you been on a, on a, on a, on a slab next to, next to the bad guy that you, that you both been to the hospital? I, it, I have, and it's just like, wow, you just want to, you want to tear those curtains down and go at it, man. Um, you know, this is one of those situations where the cops in California are unable to do things with. Uh, these vehicles that take over intersections doing donuts, you know, the, the drag racing stuff and, and all that sort of mess. And, and so this this cop was expecting this guy to flee. That's what he's expecting. But instead, the guy literally turned and tries to ram him. And the first his 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 obvious attempt was to hit the driver's door of the vehicle. He just couldn't quite get the, the car, his SUV around. It looked like a like a Dodge Durango or something like that to, to strike the police car. And just couldn't quite get around to the driver's door the first time. But the second time he did, and it was obvious his intent. Now, what took the officer as long as it did to start bringing deadly force into that scenario, I don't know. I don't know if he had gotten, you know, maybe he got discombobulated from the first shot, the first hit or something and thought the guy was going to flee then, but didn't. I have no idea. But then finally, rounds start going into the windshield. And he starts he starts doing what he needs to do to protect himself because this guy's intent was obviously to try to kill him. Um, no sense in saving any bullets in this one, which he didn't. And again, as we as we see shooting through the windshield of a car or a vehicle, even at that range, it, there's no telling where the bullets are going to go, how they get deflected and whatnot. And, and the bad guy survives amazingly. 
it appears that the deputy is is going to be okay, uh, and his attitude will change, I'm sure, from this experience. Another another uh, test that that an officer survives, but you could tell that rounds had made the target as the SUV starts to go backwards and then just kind of goes, you know, into a big circle and then comes to a stop. Wake up guys. These people on the street, these people on the streets are trying to kill you. Um, Get into the act, get into, get down to work a lot sooner than than what we've seen these past couple of times. That, that gun should have been out and into play the first time that guy struck you. End of story. But that's uh, Los Angeles County. So good luck to you guys. Yes. And, yeah. and it didn't say – the other thing about this article, I was, I was a little disappointed. It didn't say if this guy had been charged and what he'd been charged with yet. We'll see. It better be attempted murder of a law enforcement officer. Agreed. Agreed. So thanks, Dave. Good breakdown. Um, let's uh, – let's, let's, um, Go back to Rumble, rumble.com. This is Butters, the uh, the channel. Warren police officer charged with punching and slamming a prisoner. Don't say that we don't cover the uh, the bad with law enforcement as well as the good because we are here. The chief made an interesting comment though that I was going to you know get David's take on. So we're Warren Police. So I believe it's uh, if I'm not mistaken, Warren, Michigan. We're actually where my uh, my old man was from. Warren Police officer charged with punching and slamming the prisoner. So Officer Matthew Rodriguez is charged in Warren's 37th District Court on Tuesday with misdemeanor assault and battery and willful neglect of duty in connection to a June 13th incident. He's seen on video punching a 19-year-old prisoner before throwing him into a cell. Officer Rodriguez is 48 and a 14-year veteran of the Warren Police Department. He's on paid suspension pending the outcome of a hearing on Friday with Police Commissioner Bill Dwyer to determine whether the officer should be fired. So seconds after a Warren Police officer punched a prisoner in the face and slammed him to the ground, look, it's all on video, uh, it, fellow officers intervened and they reported the use of force resulting in assault charges and that Dwyer said was uh, an example of the system working, and it worked quickly. So Commissioner Dwyer uh, also showed the video of the incident in which Rodriguez is seen um, in the booking room punching the suspect, white resident who had been arrested for carjacking and other charges. Rodriguez grabs the suspect, slams him to the ground. Within seconds, two arresting officers intervene in the video. So that's what we see. We're going to break this down for you guys in just one second. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, it's time to talk about GunLearn at GunLearn.com. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, you know, they've taken the confusion of learning. They've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. They provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy. 
in their training is approved by major financial organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. If you haven't been there before, do it today, gunlearn.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We are still live, Boss Hog Radio Network Studios in Plant City, Florida. Corporal David, help us break down this uh, this last story that we just brought out. Yeah, wow. Um, I think this is this is a it's wrong. Let's start with that. Uh, looking at the video, there's a bad guy. They're in jail or in a jail. Looks like some sort of a jail or corrections facility of some sort. One on one with a with another officer. And he's the, the, the bad guy's just kind of standing there and they're, you are, they're obviously having some sort of a verbal um, exchange. And all of a sudden this guy gets up and I mean, just cracks him and then is on top of him, literally has him by the hair, hit it, hitting his face into the floor. And the two other officers uh, run into the room. <laughs> and if the chief calls that intervention, uh, no, that's <laughs> no, they might've reported it afterwards. But there was no intervention. They didn't stop him. They held the guy down on the floor while the other, while the, while the cop that got uh, fired or whatever, whatever's happened to him, uh, arrested or charged, was pounding his face into the dirt or into the floor, into the floorboard, the the, the floor in, in in the room. So I, I didn't see any intervention. But okay, Chief Dwyer, you you stay with that story. You you'll do good. Um, you know, I, I this this is unfortunately an example, I believe, of what. We will see more of, unfortunately, as the ultimate frustration of officers that are now operating within failing systems, um, circumstances where uh, they ha- they have been effectively defunded, uh, demand dehumanized, uh, um, you name it, and lose control of their emotions and themselves and then do these sort of things causing themselves more problems and to be arrested and fired and every other thing. Um, but it, it is obvious or it, it seems to be becoming obvious to me anyways, that that's what these things are is that level of frustration that some of these officers uh, start to experience where they are, they lose control. And he did. And he's going to pay for it um, because I saw nothing in this video that that justified what he did. Nothing at all. Yeah, I'm sure there was some smack being <laughs> being being said. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and look, one thing you you I think you maybe implied but didn't say, David, is that with all the defunding, all the stuff, look, we're you know, there's we've lowered standards for police bar. And I don't know what, how much time this guy had on, but look, you, you know, you can't wear your emotions on your sleeve. You have to have thick skin. You know, you, I, I guarantee it. 
David, okay. as well, has been, we've had so much stuff said at us or been spit on and, and so many things where we would have been justified doing a lot more than what, than what we did. You just simply know better than to let it get to you. So yeah, the guy, yeah, he was, the, the face cop, discipline. yeah, the cop was, he said he was 48 and a 14 year uh, veteran of the, of the police department. Okay. But you know, again, it's somebody that was, has been there long enough to know the way police work is supposed to be done and the way that uh, society is supposed to go forward, a civilized society is supposed to act. And that is now gone. He loses control. And this is the result of it, um, I believe, is what you're going to start seeing. And then on the other side of that, younger officers that have only been on for two, three, four, five years um, are coming into police departments with junk training, uh, junk direction, no veteran to to school them or to tell them how to act and how not to act. And in that case, you're seeing the younger ones that, that end up acting out because of hiring standards going down um, and the like. So it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword that is going to impact everyone. You know, I I'd like to touch on just something briefly that the, um, the chief or the sheriff said, the top dog said about the system working quickly. I, I don't know. I'm not excited about it quickly so much as it it does work. Look, we've got um, body cameras, we've got dash cams, we've got cameras at facilities like this jail that caught this. So the system does work. So when people complain about internal affairs, cops investigating their own, or, you know, we work with state attorney's offices or district attorneys, you know, every day, the system for the large majority almost always works. And you get stuff like this. This cop has been, he's going to suffer discipline. I guarantee you he'll be fired. I don't know whether there will be criminal charges or battery charges or not, but yeah, the system works. Yeah, work. Okay. And they so the talked system about, works though. Yeah. They talked about the charge. They talked about um it talked about the um it and it sounds like the charges were appropriate because they said, okay, what were the injuries? What did he what exactly did the guy did one person do to another person? And what did that what law applied there? And and it sounds like they did it right in this case. The guy's gonna get charged with you know, a, a battery type crime, which is up there in Michigan. I, I'm not sure exactly what the, the the title of it is, but, you know, someone that only suffers minor injuries, you get into a fist fight or something like that, no weapons were involved, things of that nature. It's a certain type of crime. That's what he gets charged with. So it sounds like he was charged appropriately. Um, and, but again, the system will play out. And and if he goes to court, if he pleads out, whatever the case may be, he, he brought it on himself. He lost it. And that was, well, that's by, I guess my point is, is that, we don't need non-police to get involved in disciplinary process like they do like in Oakland and some other places because the system in place, it works. And this proves that it works. It may not be, it may get ugly. It may not look pretty, but it absolutely, it absolutely works. So, um, you know, moving along here and let's see, we've got what a little over three minutes here. So let's, uh, let's do this, uh, back at rumble.com, our favorite channel. This is butter. Modesto officer shoots a suspect after the bicyclist shoots at the officer in an attempted traffic stop.
down, start 1141 companies. Well, let me see your hands! Keep your hands in the- Now, I, I, I'm going to go through this very quickly, David, because I know you may have some things you want to say on this. In Modesta Police, uh, shooting happens. It's 10, it's 10.03 at night, June the 3rd. Officer um, Shamar, I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, Shamar, uh, he stops a bicyclist. So look, the uh, the guy basically says, look, I didn't do anything. I know you want to stop me, but I'm out of here. So the bicyclist, like, rides off into the sunset, right? Except it's at nighttime, right? So the next thing you know, you hear shots being fired. It's from the bicyclist at the cop. Cop goes to the radio, lets them know. And then, they, then the kid keeps, you know, shooting at the cop, you know, some more. So eventually, uh, the, uh, the cop does maybe, what, three controlled shots, controlled fires from his, not a rifle, but from his pistol, turns the corner, and sure enough, the bicyclist is laying down in the street, caught the bullets, found their mark, I guess, and they end up going 10-15 with, uh, with the guy in the bicycle. Um, that's what I'll throw out there right now. David? At least, at least one shot did. Um, another scenario where you, you have no idea what you're going to run into, that's why the bicyclist became a no person, because he knew he had a gun, he wasn't supposed to have a gun, and lo and behold, the the cop wanted to stop him. So I can't because I'm going to get caught with this. Um, another scenario where, why didn't we run this, this bicyclist over? I have a much bigger vehicle than what he has. And you're following, he's the, the, the bicyclist is going down the middle of the street for the most part. And this guy's oh, yeah. following along behind him, getting shot at. And you're going, uh, the gas is the one on the right. That's that pedal on the right. <laughs> yeah. Just put that to the floor and brother, we're done right now. Because you certainly had justification to do exactly that after he shot at you the first time, which at, at that point, my foot's on the floor and this guy's going to get run over. Um, because the bicyclist is continuing to ride down this road and, and on the video, you can see the police officer following me. And there's people here and there's people standing over there and a car going by over here. And here's this guy on his bicycle leaning back, shooting at the cop behind him. And you go, how, how long are you going to follow this guy? But then eventually he gets to a point where the guy, the cop rolls out of the out of the car, kind of props himself up and goes, pow, pow, pow. And then the guy, the guy wobble again. Whoa, you see the wobble. Boom, down he goes into an alleyway and they find him. They're shot. I think he got hit in the arm. Uh, but still, it, it, it did what it needed to do. They took him into custody. Hopefully he'll be appropriately charged with attempted murder of a police officer. Yeah, well, and, it says um, that. I think uh, it was, yeah. Yeah, suspicion of attempted murder of a police officer, weapons charges. He had active warrants for under the influence and multiple felony drug charges. But it was a stolen 45 caliber, uh, not not a uh, not a weapon to sneeze at. You know, it's, although it's a fat round, it's a slow moving round. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen the uh, the cop move over. I, I know some some guys that went to the 45 caliber just so they could penetrate the windshield when they fire their guns because there were some issues with nine millimeters for a while. Yeah, and that, that and the. Uh... The, the felon in possession of a of a firearm, but they have all those laws out there that you can't. That's I don't think they can actually do that though, can they? Right? They can't charge him because that they have the laws. He's not allowed to have a gun, right? Be, isn't that isn't that it? Yeah, I, <laughs> stealing guns. Who would do that? All yeah. right. Well, look, we are we are out of time. Excellent commentary, David. Thanks for uh, for being the what, what do you what, what's it called? Is it is it a uh, roll day call shift? With David? No, no. Good day, lord. Again, day shift. Let's say it together. Day shift, day shift with, with the escalator. Day shift with it. the de-escalator. Um, you know, my, my boy Frank Sloop out in Pinal County, you know, it's Fridays with Frank. It's Slope. day shift. Frank Slope. Slope. It, you know, he Fridays with Frank, day, uh, day shift with de-escalator. I, I, think it, <laughs> I think it works. I think it works well.
I see where this is going. All right. Well, look, I, I do want to give a shout out to the Wounded Blue at the WoundedBlue.org. It's Lieutenant Randy's uh, 501c3 charity, helping cops out in the world will hurt, suffering from PTSD and other medical issues that they're not getting assistance from their agency or not offer disability retirement out. So the Wounded Blue at the WoundedBlue.org. Also, huge shout out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, GallsGunLearn.com, Medicare.Live, Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Ray Diedrich, Red Voice Media, thanks for the support. And uh, guys, support our sponsors. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week, guys. 